I'm Paul Wiegraf, Director of the Delaware Division of the Arts and your host for today. Joining me in the studio today is the Directive of, Director of Museum Affairs for Winterthur Museum Garden and Library, Tom Savage. Welcome, Tom. Thank you very much. So glad to have you here. We're, uh, we've, we've had uh, people visiting from Winterthur in the past, but you're here for a special event coming up on November 9th through 11th, uh, and that is the 55th Annual Delaware Antiques Show at the Chase Center in Wilmington. Uh, Tom, tell us a little bit about the uh, uh, the background to this. I mean, 55 years in existence, that's pretty impressive. Well, 55 and getting even stronger. It's an amazing show. I would say it's one of the three top shows in the country, particularly for those devoted to Americana. We like to think if Henry Francis DuPont were still alive, he'd be the first person in line on opening night. We tend to concentrate on the sorts of things he loved. Great American furniture, ceramics, glass, textiles. It's a wonderful show that attracts people from all over the country. Now, what kind of artisans do you have uh, represented? Uh, antique dealers? How, how, what would that look like? Well, there's 60 dealers, again, from all over the country, and each has a specialty. Some specialize in paintings, and of course, we have one of the great dealers of Brandywine School painters for those who collect in a more regional area. We have some of the great silver dealers in the country. We have pewter dealers. We have um, those who concentrate on folk art, some who have far more formal furniture, and for those who are interested in the area of Southern decorative arts, we have quite a number of Southern dealers who specialize in Southern decorative arts. Now, I, w- I would imagine there are hundreds of antique dealers around the country. How do you uh, adjudicate? How do you select the vendors? The, the uh, yeah, the vendors that are there. It is very much a vetted show, mm-hmm. and we have a dealer selection committee. The members are a secret. But uh, we do select the top dealers in the country, and we're very lucky. We have such an amazing track record. There are dealers who have been with us for literally decades coming back to the show. We love having them, and they love coming to Delaware where they know there are lots of serious buyers at our show. I I was going to ask you that. So you have uh, returning uh, uh, representatives. Uh, Any new representatives? Oh, yes. I would say 85 to 90 percent of our Mm -hmm. dealers are return dealers, and the only way we tend to lose a dealer is, well, through sad things we won't get into, (laughs) but retirement, death, Mm -hmm. and uh, and so we then, when we have an opening spot, we look at a whole list of dealers we have in our database, somebody who might fill a gap, somebody who's a specialist, an emerging dealer who has proven that they're first rate and that their wares are totally authentic. And uh, so we would tend to invite them to join us. What, what's the range of the types of items that people, you know, specific items that people would see? It runs the gamut. There really is something for everyone. I happen to collect Chinese export armorial porcelain from the early 18th century. We have a specialty dealer in in that realm. So if you love ceramics, uh, we do have things that might be unexpected. A small percentage 
of contemporary objects that we know will become antique. Mm. So for those who know the uh, contemporary cabinet maker Nakashima, who worked in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, we would have mid-century modern objects from the 1950s or 60s by a leading artisan. But the meat and potatoes of the show would be high-quality 18th century, early 19th century objects of the sort that Henry Francis DuPont collected for Winter Tour. I, I, was, go- I was going to ask you that. How does the... Uh, the selection of the uh, dealers uh, sort of represent or reflect what Winterthur as an institution has to present. Yes. Well, I think our dealers flock to us because we are Winterthur and we're sort of the mothership for the study of decorative arts. That's one reason a, a very important constituency in our attendees will be our graduate students mm-hmm. in both of our University of Delaware sponsored programs in American material culture and in the conservation of works of art. Uh, but I think the name Winator is a clue of what you're likely to see. There are many antique shows who have felt the need to become more popular with um, objects that um, are outside the realm of the traditional collecting areas. All of that's fine. It's just something we don't do because we want people to know what they're going to see, and they're going to see the sorts of things that they see in the Winotaur Museum, but that they can buy and make their heirlooms and begin their collections or add to their important existing collections. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned that you have dealers from all around the country, uh, and you're, you're going to have 60 represented. What was the pool that you had to choose from? I mean, I would imagine dealers are, as you mentioned, re- really interested in being represented here. They are. There is no problem having people ask to be invited. And as I mentioned, so many of the dealers have been with us for, for decades and uh, are not going anywhere. So there are really only a few openings each year. So we go back to our list. So, for example, if we lost a pewter dealer, we might look for a pewter dealer. If we lost a print dealer, we might look for another print dealer. We're not obligated to that. We Quality is what we really concentrate on. Now, given, given the nature of the event and the national and international status that Winterthur has, I would imagine that your marketing of this event is somewhat different than the marketing of uh, many other events that take place in Delaware. What, what does that look like? You said you draw people from all over the country. Our marketing is very extensive, and people do know about the show on other continents. We have regular guests from England who come to our antique show, which is a wonderful, wonderful compliment. Uh, so our marketing appears in a lot of the traditional magazines, the magazine antiques, the fine art and antiques, the various antiques newspapers, but you'll also find it in non-traditional areas. We're constantly looking to convert new collectors. And of course, what could be greener than collecting antiques? They're the ultimate recyclable, mm-hmm. and they're something uh, you can proudly say People were sitting on this chair 200 years ago, and here we are sitting on it today. Now, I, I think for our listeners, I, I mean, for me anyway, when I, I hear the word antique, I, I think costly, uh, precious. Um, what is the range in value of the kinds of antiques that are represented? 
Well, I may assure you we have things at all price points at this antique show. Nobody should be intimidated. We have the friendliest dealers. They are there to help educate um, our guests. And so there are small objects in the $50 to $100 range. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, I'm afraid the sky's the limit. Mm -hmm. There are objects that approach seven figures, very few, but the top quality American furniture, you're going to see objects for $500,000, $700,000. But you're also going to find a great, wonderful ceramic, a silver object in in three figures. Mm-hmm. I, I, was, I was joking with you uh, before we started the interview about what constitutes something that's an antique uh, as opposed to something that's just old. Are the, uh, what are the criteria that identify an object as an antique? Well, it depends who you ask, actually. There, there's so many definitions. So, for example, if you're bringing something back on the plane that you've bought in London uh, for customs purposes, antiques tend to be something 100 years old. So that's one definition. Uh, a collector might use a, a different definition and not be interested in um, memorabilia mm-hmm. of, of a more recent vintage, although that would certainly qualify as, as antique as well. Uh, it's very interesting. If you go to eBay under antiques, they sort of almost block it out into mm-hmm. centuries and even decades. So there okay. are many who define things from the 1950s and 1960s as, as antiques. The mm-hmm. lunch pail I took to school mm-hmm. as a kid mm-hmm. is probably now an antique. Right. And having recently returned from a trip to Spain with my wife, the concept of antique, I think, is uh, probably differs from one nation to another. And, Indeed. Yeah, it's always humbling. From one culture to another. I'm just back from <clears throat> Milan and Genoa with our collectors group. And yes, antique there is 15th <clears throat> century. Um, but of course, they're great 18th century objects as well. Right. Let's let's turn to the venue. Yes. This is going to be held at the Chase Center on the riverfront in, yes. in uh, Wilmington. Now, how long has it been there? It hasn't been there, obviously, for the 55 well, we've years. We've been there for about a decade and okay. a half. That's what I we thought. We have had numerous <laughs> venues. It started, some of your listeners may recall, the Willcastle Center near Tower Hill, Hill yes, School. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And actually, that's where I attended my first Delaware Antique Show. I have a personal history with the okay. show. I attended St. Andrew's School in Middletown, Delaware. Mm-hmm. And to my parents' exhaustion, I was a kid who was consumed with old houses, old things. And I would save my lawn mowing money from the summer to go to the Delaware Antique Show mm. and buy antiques as a 13 and 14 year old. And the dealers were, they knew I was coming and many of them would have something in my price range. And that tradition really does continue today. Great, well, I, I wanna continue in this vein, but let me first remind our listeners that you are tuned into Delaware State of the Arts here on News Radio 1450 WILM and 1410 WDOV. Our guest in the studio today is Tom Savage, the Director of Museum Affairs for Winterthur Museum, Garden, and Library. Um, Tom, um, because of your history with the, um, the antique uh, show, uh, how have you seen it evolve over the years? 
Well, it's much larger than it would have been when I first experienced it. In the old days at Wilcastle, there might have been 20 dealers maximum, but they were the top dealers. And they were the dealers that you saw on the cover, inside cover of the magazine Antiques. And they were the dealers who were cultivated by Henry Francis DuPont and the other considerable number of uh, collectors in this region. So that hasn't changed. We still have the top dealers. We have more of them. And the field has changed, of course, a, a bit as, as well. We like to think we really have something available for, for everyone who would come to visit us. Mm-hmm. Let, let's turn to the, the weekend itself. The, what, what does the weekend look like? I know it's more than just showing up and looking at objects. You have some scheduled events. You have a, a pre-show a reception, I believe, Friday evening, uh, the, uh, the 8th. Is that right? That is correct. Opening night of the Delaware Antique Show has become a major event on the Delaware and actually the East Coast social calendar. So that is a preview party that begins at 5 in the evening and goes on to 9 in the evening on Thursday, November 8th. We will have our wonderful honorary chair present there, Charlotte Moss, a great collector, uh, a great decorator. She's published numerous books. Charlotte's also on the board of Monticello. She's a philanthropist. And uh, so she will be there to welcome guests as well. But it is a big party with a what we call in the South, certainly a cocktail dinner buffet. You don't have to go out to dinner after mm-hmm. you've been to the opening night of the Delaware Antique Show. There's mm-hmm. wonderful food, lots to drink. And uh, it's a great, great party. And we attract our guests come from all over. You'll meet auctioneers and experts from Sotheby's and Christie's and Freeman's and Pook and Pook and endless uh, auction houses are there with us as well as leading collectors, specialists, dealers. It really is a party that attracts from a very wide uh, area. And I understand you also have some speakers lined up. You mentioned Charlotte Moss. Yeah, Charlotte Moss is our honorary chair. So she's with us for opening night, but then the next morning she kicks off the show. So at 10 o'clock, she will be speaking on her design history and her love affair with antiques and the great interiors she has created. That begins at 10 And then the show opens to the public at 11. And all of that is conscious so that we fill the auditorium for Charlotte's lecture and we have people waiting in line outside who've not been in the lecture. And so when the thing begins, there is an onslaught of visitors who are there to scoop up the best objects. Mm -hmm. Now, is there a separate ticket to hear her keynote lecture? There is not. That is the wonderful thing. There is one admission. And that entitles you to attend the lectures. The following day, actually on Saturday, we hear from our young scholars. So Mm -hmm. we'll have three presenters from the Wintertour program in American material culture. And their um, wonderful lectures include uh, one on a composition ornament and design books in the Wintertour library, and then also Truths of the Trade, Collecting, Researching, and Exhibiting an 18th Century Atlantic World Cabinet. And this is an extraordinary object that uh, was probably used by uh, a great merchant involved in the triangle trade. And this is an object we actually bought 
at the Delaware Antique Show. So hmm. Wintertour actually acquires objects at the Delaware Antique Show. Oh, interesting. And and I know from my own past experience, the the lectures by the, the students uh, in the art conservation program are absolutely fascinating. I try each year to go to their, their graduate uh, presentations after they've worked on their projects. And it's just fascinating the work that's done that combines the arts and, and science and chemistry and it really is it's fascinating no work. they're incredible our yeah. students keep me young it's it's amazing the different methodologies and research methods that of course weren't available um, to research these objects uh, when I was coming along so yes uh, they they really are cutting edge scholars but also so approachable and I, I think that's a point I'd love to make for people who haven't gone to an antique show or are fearful or think this is not for me, it is, uh, it's a very welcoming experience. It's truly not intimidating. Mm-hmm. And it's like mm-hmm. going to a museum, except you can handle everything and then buy it if you wish. Right. Now, I actually went to your website before we, we uh, went on the air, and I believe on, on the website, which uh, is winterter.org. That is correct. Uh, correct. Uh, there, there's a link to the, the upcoming uh, antique show. And I believe there was a, a catalog on there. Is that correct? There is a beautiful catalog. Each year we produce a catalog that has articles by leading scholars. There are articles by the young students who will be speaking. There's an article by Charlotte Moss, our honorary chair. It's a very uh, instructive, informative. It's, it's not only a keepsake of the event, but has very substantive scholarship in it. And then each of the dealers has a featured object. So it becomes a photo essay of some of the great objects that are in the antique show. And yes, it's a great way to preview the sorts of things you might encounter by going online to winnetour.org and looking for the antique show webpage and downloading or flip through the catalog online. So do you pretty much take over the Chase Center for we the do. weekend? We do. Not the entirety, but the, the, the lion's share, certainly. Mm-hmm. So we have a loan exhibition, and this year that will feature wonderful objects from the Winterthur Library. Our title is, of course, Winterthur Museum, Garden, and Library. And we hope visitors will take time to visit the museum while they're mm-hmm. here for the show. We currently have the most amazing exhibition that's outdoors, our first outdoor mm. exhibition, Follies, Architectural Whimsy in the Garden. And in this beautiful autumn weather with the leaves mm-hmm. turning, it's a wonderful time to see that. We have a great exhibition inside called Dining by Design, which was a labor of love by our curator of ceramics and glass and looks at tablewares through about five centuries in 550 Mm -hmm. objects. And then, of course, our loan show at the Antique Show will feature objects from the Wintertour Library. Hmm. As as a former history teacher, I'm always fascinated by Winter Tour and and how the decorative arts speak to culture, and how society changes and evolves, and and the the different classes and and so on. Does this antique show reflect that the sort of the history of of our culture? Are these antiques that are uniquely American? I would say a good 60% are of American manufacture, a good 85% are 
American manufacture or used in America in the 17th, 18th, and mm-hmm. 19th centuries. They're obviously always European objects that have been collected more recently. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, for the for the collectors that that attend, uh, I'm curious. Do I mean obviously collectors would would purchase what is of interest to them? Is this done for the aesthetic value? Be, is it considered an investment? Do these objects sort of uh, appreciate in value over time? Uh, what are the considerations in the purchase of a particular antique? For every collector, there is a different set of criteria. Okay. So you'll find all, all over the, the board. I would say the vast majority of collectors who come to us, who study at Winator, who support our programs and attend the antique show, are there because of the history of the object, the aesthetic merit of the object, what, how it speaks to them about the past. Of course, there are many people in all areas who are investment collectors, and that that is that's rarely the case mm. with with our group. They they it's the intrinsic love of of the object. So I don't think you'll find many hoarders of mm-hmm. of, of silver right. who okay. are there uh, to melt it down for bullion value. Right. We hope, right. we would like not to let them into the show. Right. <laughs> that has been been the case in the in in the mm. past when certain commodities were were very valuable. But I think they're there out of a love of history, a love of collecting, and the beauty and aesthetic and cultural value of, of the object. We, we have a minute or so left. I'm, I'm curious about the logistics of putting something together of this magnitude. How long, of, uh, how much time do you spend on putting this show together? Plans for next year's show will begin the day after this year's show. We have the most amazing group of volunteers, leaders in the community, a variety of um, committees that take care of the opening night, who take care of dealer hospitality. Our dealers love us. We serve them fantastic food, and uh, we care we care deeply about them. So it takes a village, certainly, to pull off this show. We have a wonderful show manager, but a battalion of volunteers who are really the heroes of the show. Great. Well, you have 30 seconds to do a recap and invite our listeners to attend. Come to the Delaware Antique Show the weekend of November 9th, 10th, 11th. Come to the great preview party on November 8th. Tickets are available at wintertour.org and look forward to seeing you there. Well, Tom, thanks so much for joining us today. It's really been great to hear about the upcoming uh, annual Delaware Antique Show. Thank you very much.